All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We kick off the final hour of this show every single Thursday with our good friend Joey Helmer, who joins us on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Joey, um, give us kind of a vibe slash status update how have things been on the old message boards at OUinsider.com? You know, it's been how it's been about uh, most of this season. It's, it's a wild and crazy free-for-all right now. You know, the opinions are flying. Some of them are crazy. Many of them are crazy. Some of them are sane. And <laughs> we're kind of sifting through <laughs> some of each. So, yeah, it's interesting times right now. I think um, the season has been not what a lot of people expected, and uh, people are lashing out about it. Where do you fall in the age-old debate that we've been in the midst of, age-old debate, for about seven weeks now? Do you worry about a lack of development? Do you worry about a team that – it's not buying in, or is this more about what's been a, a lack of experience and talent along the defensive line and the defense in general? Yeah, here's what I chalk it up to. So when you're bringing in a new system, and obviously everyone would like to see better play on that side of the ball. I think that goes without saying, without question, uh, this should not be a point in the season right now where players are having trouble lining up or not in the right spot and because of that or not making plays. With all that said, Brent Venables is very stubborn to his system. And when you're bringing in a new system, you have to be stubborn to that, right? So, the way mm-hmm. you want to play, you can't have a mindset where you're thinking in terms of one year. It has to be a long-term focus. And so a lot of this right now I think that we're seeing on the defensive side of the ball is maybe some guys just not being equipped for what Brent Venables wants to run long-term. And so you're going to see some of these issues because of that. Um, I think – some people may feel like that's a cop-out uh, in saying that, but I thought a lot of what Brent said uh, in his press conference the other day was exactly alluding to that, that you know they can't put the entire defense in right now. But one of the reasons why, quite frankly, they don't have the players to where they can put the entire defensive package in. And that's going to take some time and also, development of some of the players that they do have right now. Where do you okay? Then let's let's follow up with this. I think there's been a handful of people that we've seen some growth from, um, and I think one of those is Billy Bowman. Now, granted, he's missed a couple of games, right? But I think Jane Davis is a poster boy for this. I know he got dinged up last week against Baylor. We'll see what it looks like for him this weekend, but. I think part of the frustration is we mentioned those two names and there's been flashes from C.J. Colton. We're not able to consistently 
you know, look at a Danny Stutzman or an, an, I, I think it's unfair to even say Ethan Downs or Reggie Grimes, but they've had moments, Joey, it's just unfortunate that we haven't seen that consistency to where you can say, oh, yeah, they've not just flashed, they've been dudes all season long, and that's got to be incredibly enraging, not just for, for those players, but also for that coaching staff. Well, I'll look at Danny Stutzman in particular, and you know, not just a single out on one guy, but I think he's kind of the perfect example because early in the season, he was flying around going sideline to sideline. And I remember being at one of those early games and being like, wow, you know, this, this guy has all the tools. This guy has a chance to be the next great, great linebacker for Oklahoma. And then there were a set of games where he just completely disappeared. And, that's kind of really been the case across the board, but he comes to mind as much as anyone else based on how good he played early in the season in some of those games. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's been certainly part of the frustration that you've seen it at times. You mentioned Billy Bowman. I think um, without question to me, he's been the best player defensively for Oklahoma this year. And yet uh, you had a couple or, three games, whatever it was, where he wasn't in the lineup because he was hurt. So um, how much did that stunt the growth of what we are able to see defensively? So, yeah, that that's without question to me. I think that's a really good point. The, the inconsistency, and we hear that term thrown around a lot, but that really, really um, is a good descriptive uh, of Oklahoma defensively so far this year. They've been really, really inconsistent. What about offensively? Where are you at with this uh, this offense? How good is it? Uh, you know, I, I've said here and on other platforms that, you know, basically one of the problems I think Oklahoma's got is uh, this offense, as compared to maybe past offenses, isn't uh, this offense that's just going to bail you out of trouble every single week. But I still think it's a good offense. What kind of offense does Oklahoma have right now? It's absolutely a good enough offense to be winning football games. I mean – there's no question about that. And I think I kind of put my foot in my mouth uh, last week because I had talked for so long about how Dylan Gabriel is taking care of the football and how important that is. And he throws three interceptions in the first half of that game, which are just absolutely devastating uh, when you're trying to win and win against a good team. And so uh, that that's number one to me is getting back to taking care of the football. I think the offensive line has made tremendous strides. That uh, they have gotten a lot better. If we're talking about some of the biggest positives, and I know a lot of people right now don't want to talk positives. That's just human nature because uh, of the situation. We're not used to a five and four Oklahoma Sooners football team, but that offensive line has come together. They have established the run game. Eric Gray has had a great season running the football. So. Uh, continue to establish that run game, right, and, and work off of it. And, um, you know, I, I don't expect Gabriel to, to make the mistakes that he made last time out. I, I just – that has really honestly – we, we can talk about some of the missed throws he's had, and that's no doubt – he definitely has had some missed throws. But him putting the ball in the harm's way has not been something we've seen a lot this season. So – uh, that that's really important, especially when you're playing on the road. 
uh, in a hostile atmosphere. So, at Joey Helmer's our guest, OUinsider.com, at Joey Helmer247 on Twitter. I, I'm, I was writing about Eric Gray last night, putting together a piece for our, our Boyd Street magazine. And, you know, I, I feel like because I'm an overly positive person that I've talked a lot about him and Braden Willis and even Billy Bowman, but it is kind of incredible when you think about it, Joey. No, no one really wanted him to be the guy. Everyone was concerned about well, durability issues. I know he got dinged up against TCU and was in the tent for a long time against Iowa State. But, man, he's really become the guy for Oklahoma. How impressed have you been with what Eric Gray has been for this team? He's been outstanding. I think he's been every bit as good as anyone wanted and then some. Uh, to me uh, – I mean, I, I see an NFL running back in Eric Gray now. And so, you know, that's it's it's been a really good season. I think any time he touches the ball is a, a positive for Oklahoma. And, um, you've got to continue to, to lean on that run game. I mean, that's just so, so important. You know, you're talking about a guy that unless um, – something really weird happens he's going to be rushed for more than a thousand yards this year um he's averaging more than six yards a carry and um has found the end zone eight times as well so uh, lean on that run game eric eric gray has been fantastic for oklahoma Th- those are the positives right now when you look uh, it's been the offensive line play in how uh, eric gray is so to the rock this year Two-parter for you, Joe. Joey Helmer, by the way, of OU Insider. Follow him at Joey Helmer 247. This is uh, Big Bubba, Joey Helmer, by the way. (laughs) What what do you expect of West Virginia for Oklahoma this weekend? And then now that Oklahoma's lost four games, where are you at with the season? What what is the rest of this year about for Oklahoma? Well, this is still a tough game for Oklahoma. It's it's interesting because when you look – uh, I think every time – something that to me is really is actually kind of important in this game is that it's not a night game. I don't think Oklahoma, since West Virginia's come to the Big 12, I don't think they've played a game during the day in Morgantown. You're I right. Think this will be the first You're absolutely time. right. Yep. And so that to me is actually kind of an um, – I don't know uh, – undersold maybe important factor in this football game is that maybe the crowd won't be as hostile as it could be. It's going to be a good environment. It always is in Morgantown, but Oklahoma needs to come out and, again, establish that run game, work off of it, get ahead in this football game, and work from there. I like – I just – I feel like Oklahoma is definitely the better team. I felt like all season that West Virginia is the worst team in the league, and – uh, things that have changed in my mind throughout this year, that's one of them that actually hasn't. So <laughs> go, go out, put a good brain of football, and you can win this game. And, and as far as expectations and what has to happen for the rest of the season, um, gosh, you, you, you really want to go win the last three games. I, I don't know how likely uh, that is at this point, but um, – you got to get to a bowl game first off. Win this game this weekend, and then uh, after that, we can talk about where Oklahoma's destination is. But 
Now, I think best case bowl scenario wise is probably in Orlando. I think if the, the Cheez It Bowl, if they went out, um, if that somehow is to happen, that's best case for them. And then you talk about the down the line, like the, the Texas Bowl, Liberty Bowl, any of those. They got to get to one of them, though, guys. Armed Forces Bowl, first response, real quick. December 22nd, Armed Forces Bowl in Fort Worth. December 27th, first responder bowl in Dallas. Also December 27th, guaranteed rate bowl in Arizona. That's a 9 o'clock kick. I really don't want that one. December 28th, Liberty Bowl. Now, I'd like that, but they might be a little bit too far down the pecking order. December 28th, the Texas Bowl, which is in Houston. That cheese it Bowl that Joey was talking about is the 29th in Orlando. And I don't think they'll go back to the Alamo Bowl, though. That is December 29th. Those are all the, I guess, one, two, three, four, five, seven destinations where we feel like they can end up. But, Joey, you hit one thing on the head that can't be magnified enough and can't be talked about enough. It's about that extra time. It's about that, what, 15 to 17 practices that you would get from the end of the season to the bowl game. And that's why I feel like, listen, you want to go to a bowl game regardless, but I feel like that's why it's so important to get to six, to get to that sixth win starting this weekend because I want to see this team get that extra time to prepare for a bowl game. This is probably the most important in, I mean, we really haven't had this discussion, but in the time that I've covered Oklahoma, certainly this is going to be the most important time for them to have those extra practices in December. I talked about the install and Brent getting things his way defensively. Gosh, another 15 practices, that's what it's all about. I mean, you have to have those. And so from that standpoint, that right there makes one more win as important as anything else. And then uh, you go on to the recruiting side of it from there. So um, that, that's, that's where the feel good is at with the program right now. Get to that bowl game. Know you're going to get a little extra work in or work on your install and go from there. Joey, I'll let you go on this. How concerned should men's basketball fans be right now? Simple uh, bump in the road with Bama Seal and these guys learning how to play together or deeper concerns for you? I was actually really surprised. So it, you know me. You guys know me. I – follow um, advanced analytics quite closely, uh, especially on the basketball end. And I was a little surprised to see Oklahoma at 36 still after that game. Um, This loss actually isn't as bad as it maybe seems. Sam Houston's number 139 right now at Kimpop. So it's not like, like say, um, TCU had lost um, the other night. Um, to Oklahoma, who they're playing uh, tomorrow, but that would have been one of the worst teams to lose to in the uh, entire country in Arkansas Pine Bluff. And so, um, it's not as bad as it seems. I think Oklahoma was really, really solid defensively um, for the most part of that game. It was, you know, a, a good brand of defense, and then they broke down. And I thought. I'm not trying to throw out any excuses. I don't think it really is an excuse um, when you get down to it. I thought Oklahoma was fatigued. You know, they have to do something about that, Uh, making sure that uh, the depth is to the point to where they have a lineup in there that's not exhausted down the stretch. And uh, I think they lost track of their assignments um, 
some down the end. And, and a guy in Wilkerson just got hot. Sometimes that happens. And then on the offensive end, you have to make a couple plays to make sure that they don't come all the way back and win that game. So I think Oklahoma struggled to – to find their footing in that type of situation. And Grant Sherfield was uh, hobbled. He was cramping. And that's your guy you wanted to go to to go get you a bucket at the end of the game. And they uh, really didn't have them healthy. So perfect storm, uh, horrible loss, one that could certainly keep them out of the tournament uh, when we're talking way, way down the road. But uh, not one that they can't respond from. Joey, are you going to Morgantown? Or are you Are you covering from home? I will have my two other guys there. I will be uh, actually sticking back and covering some basketball tomorrow. Oops. Nice. I'll be covering basketball, and uh, yeah, I, I will be um, on on the old couch uh, covering the football game. So a li- little bit of so everything you, for me this weekend. So you can text me and tell me how awful the broadcast team is to make me feel better about the radio side. I love it. Uh, Joey, <laughs> have a great weekend, man. Can't wait to read your your work post-game over at OU Insider, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. At Joey Helmer 247. When we come back. It's okay, Joey. We'll have you on five. next week. Don't, don't be so sad when we hang up. He sounded down, didn't he? He sounded down. No, no, it's good. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of – there's been a lot of debate about how people will handle the coverage of the bowl games, right? I mean, if you, you heard us, I know we don't have time here, but you heard us mention, you know, one of those, two of those opportunities for the Sooners would be, you know, fairly expensive trips for not just fans, but media entities too, right? Guaranteed rate bowl is in Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, played at Chase Field on December 27th. The Cheez-It Bowl is in Orlando. On December 29th. So, yeah, there might be decisions will be made. But I'm just curious if he was getting to go to Morgantown. Morgantown. Fun town. Fun t- I've loved going there to do basketball games. Not a lot of room on the roads. Not a lot of room on the roads. Very tight. Kind of like Lewis in Tulsa, right? Go down Lewis, you, you never know which lane the person next to you is in. Tight roads. Country roads, baby. So when we come back, let's hit the top five stories today. Speaking of OU West Virginia, hear a little bit more from Neil Brown about where his team is and where they need to be going forward. Plus, college football tonight, Tulsa in action. we got college basketball all over the place. And big wins last night for OU Volleyball and OU Recruiting. We'll hit the next top five stories today right here on The Ref. All right, it's a Plank Show right here on The Ref. Before we hit the top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino, how about this note moments ago from Brett McMurphy, Josh? November 26th is the Sunflower State Showdown. Final final Saturday of the regular season, right? Am I math right? Yeah. It will mark uh, Kansas, Kansas State, November 26th. They announced this morning that it's sold out. That's awesome. It's, the, it's only the second time in the 111-year series history that both teams will have at least six wins when they play each other. The only other time, oh, in my mind, it wasn't that long ago, but now it's like 30, almost 30 years ago. The only other time was 1995 when 6-1 Kansas State beat 7-0 Kansas 41-7. to 
extra points if you can tell me the starting quarterbacks in that game, Josh Helmer. No chance. No, no chance for you. <laughs> Bob Stoops was the co-defensive coordinator for the Kansas State Wildcats. And if I'm not mistaken, a dude named Brian Cavanaugh was the quarterback for Kansas State. And I want to say Mark Williams for Kansas? But I'm not certain. See, I didn't even know. Um, Kansas would go on to beat Missouri in the border war the following week before falling to number one Nebraska, or number 10 Nebraska. They beat UCLA in the Hula Bowl, Aloha was, Stadium. Was Tony Sands a running back on that Kansas team? Or was that after him? June Henley, L.T. Levine, and Eric Van were apparently the, the running backs on that team. Hmm. So, yeah. After that year, uh, Levine got drafted in the seventh round by the Denver Broncos. And this happens with everyone gets drafted by Denver, his career went kaput. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Perry. It's more embarrassing to be a Raiders fan right now. Except for Aqib Tlaib, who was tremendous. Things worked out okay for Aqib Tlaib and for Chris Harris. It's just things were – Chris Harris only had one scholarship offer coming out of college. That scholarship offer, Kansas. Worked out okay. All right, it's time for the top five stories of the day. Every single day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastlecasino.com, where real gamers come to play. That's R-E-E-L. And we are live today at Cavens Construction. A lot of stuff going on in the Cavens world right now. They're preparing for the freezing temps that are scheduled to arrive next week. They've got a solid team of highly trained techs, state-of-the-art equipment ready to help you at your home or business with a water or leak emergency 24-7, 365. And the great thing about Cavens is they can help not just with your maybe broken pipe, but from start to finish, the water loss, the extraction, the remediation, with our in-house licensed plumbing team, Certified water extraction and structural drying team. Also, if you have a mold issue, the certified and trained team of Cavens can come out and do an investigation and help. Big story number five. Number five. I'm getting a lot of text about softball today. I haven't checked Twitter.com in a second. But it is my understanding that the Sooners are still slated to play at 2.30 today. And it'll be against North Central Texas, 2.30, ESPN Plus, allow the broadcast for the fall ball finale. That update came an hour ago. Looks like, is it raining out anymore? I think we got some rain earlier. But as it stands right now, 2.30, OU, North Central Texas, finale of fall ball. Meanwhile, big win for volleyball last night. They are... They're rolling, finally finding their groove. Four straight wins in conference play. They beat Tech in five. And all kinds of great recruiting news on Soonersports.com. Baseball signed 14 players. Softball signed the number two recruiting class in the country. Women's golf signed three. Jenny Baranchek added two top prospects. 
Um, volleyball, I know that it was all yesterday about volleyball from the from the wins perspective, but they had a very solid recruiting class. I think they're going to announce theirs later today. Kevin Henry's daughter signed with, with Oklahoma yesterday, so that's exciting. But good times in Cruton. Learn more at Soonersports.com right now. Okay, big story number four. Number four. I've lumped like three quick non-football stories slash NBA stories into number four to hit real quick. Justin Verlander has opted out of his, his deal, Josh. He's a free agent. It tells you how confident Verlander feels because he was due to make $23 million next year. And he's 39. But he's coming off one of his best seasons. Should, man, I don't want to say should win the Cy Young Award. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I have a dog in that fight. But 1.75 ERA, probably when you think with how Spindy McSpinderson, some of the baseball owners have been at times, probably will make a skosh more than $25 million. Well, and if nothing else, right, get a couple extra years on his deal for that similar price tag. Right. Hmm. Meanwhile, uh, I'm not in on this tit-for-tat between the commanders and the attorney general in D.C. I think it's childish. But uh, the commanders sent out a letter decrying the attorney general's office because Brian Robinson got shot in D.C. and crime is too high. And then I was like, whoa, that's not really the way that you should go about it. But I'm just throwing it out there so you know if you want to dig deeper. Nike has ended its relationship with Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't know if you guys care about Evander Kane and his gruesome hockey injury. Oh, my god! But he's goodness. out three to four weeks. That was terrible. Holy was smokes, terrible. that was so scary. You forget sometimes that these dudes are playing with sharp skates on. And uh, we're fighting over Russell Wilson wearing a wristband. Times are good. More on that in the NFL coming up in big story number two. Big story number three. Number three. Boy, what a crazy finish to the OKC-Milwaukee game last night. In the first overtime, Shea Gilgis-Alexander looked like he had called game. And it sounded like this courtesy of the Oklahoma City Thunder radio network. Steps back, fires. Angle left three-pointers on the way to take it on the money ball. Shea does it. Jay does it. Six tenths of a second left. The Thunder lead 126-125 on the step back tray by Gildas Alexander. Is he something? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But then Milwaukee got, I can't believe I don't have the call of this. Milwaukee got a pretty fortunate call in which Brooke Lopez was fouled by Lou Dort on a lot. Which, by the way, why is Lou Dort in that position to have to box out Brooke Lopez? But he got called for the foul. Lopez missed his first free throw, made the second to force a double overtime. And then in the uh, double overtime, Milwaukee, I don't want to say necessarily pulled away, but... Here's Portis on the other side. Left of the lane, defended by Giddy. He pulls up. Can't hit the shot. Lopez skies up for the rebound. He spins in the low block. He powers the shot. Up and good. Brooke Lopez has been a man amongst boys at times throughout these overtimes Oops. and late in regulation. Well, I mean, he's like 50 years old out there playing basketball. Yeah, that's why he's he like, looks like a man amongst boys. He's like the old man that shows up in a YMCA pickup game and is just burning you with, with little spin moves in the post and baby skyhooks. Final last night in OKC, 
the Thunder lose to Milwaukee in double overtime, 136-132. Let me see here. Thunder back in action tomorrow. Is that right against Toronto? Yeah, tomorrow against Toronto at 7 o'clock. Anything else to add from the Thunder? I know you weren't tuned in last night. No, I had a coach's show that uh, I was doing, so I, I missed the beginning of it, and then I kind of was dialed out. And But uh, obviously, I mean, frustrating that you don't find a way to win that one. But as we like to say here, it's not all bad. It's kind of good news. All right, big story number two. Number two. I love Thursday night football which is why I am not all in on the Falcons and the Panthers tonight. But Josh, even though, have they mentioned that Baker could play a lot tonight? Have you heard that? They're still going to start P.J. Walker, right? But I guess Baker's got a chance to play quite a bit tonight. Well, he came in and played well last week. He did, threw two touchdown passes. But my eyes are all on Memphis, where the University of Tulsa Golden Hurricane travel to take on the Memphis Tigers. Let's go. Kick time on ESPN for that game is at 6.30. Pretty wild schedule, though, tonight because you also get Georgia Southern at Louisiana. I can sense the excitement growing. Tulsa's a seven-point underdog. Meanwhile, I've got a couple of other NFL notes beyond just those two games. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been questioned a lot, so... He took to the Pat McAfee show to talk about how he still believes in himself. I always believe in myself first, and I bet on myself first to go out there and to to impact the game and to be great. I still know I have that within me, still the reigning, defending two-time MVP. Regardless who's out there with me, guys want to come battle. They know where to find me. I'll be in the center of that huddle, expecting greatness, trying to inspire the best I can, and laying it on the line. Cowboys Packers this weekend. Meanwhile, uh, Jeff Saturday is doing his best head lasso. I'm completely comfortable in who I am as a man, bro. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football, and I'm passionate about it. I have no fear about are you as qualified as somebody else, bro. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? You don't think I've seen how people prepare, how they coach, how they GM, how they work? I mean, one Super Bowl's been to two. Like, here's the deal, man. None of us are promised a good job. I may be terrible at this. And after eight games, I'll say, God bless you. I am no good. I may be really good at it. I got no idea. But I dang sure ain't going to back down. I can tell you that. I hear you, Josh bro. McDaniels has. Yeah, bro. Bro. Josh McDaniels, bro. Bro, he's got six Super Bowl rings. Bro, he coached Tom Brady, bro. He doesn't know what the F he's doing. So good luck this weekend. Uh, it's a kind of exciting. i got to admit, there's an entertainment angle to it that has me intrigued. Yeah, I'm excited to get angry when the Raiders lose to that guy on Sunday. <laughs> I might be good. I might be terrible. Who knows? All right, here's, here's the games we're getting in uh, OKC Tulsa Market. So only one game on CBS Saturday. So the single game on CBS, oh, sorry. The single game on CBS is Jacksonville, Kansas City. So we'll we'll get, obviously, what we should get, right? Considering that Houston at the Giants, Cleveland at Miami, Denver at Tennessee, and Indy at Vegas are the other opportunities, then, yeah. Um, I will take Jacksonville, Kansas City. 
Here's what we're getting. Um, everyone in the country is getting Dallas Green Bay, essentially, for the evening. But most of Oklahoma is getting Minnesota Buffalo in that Fox early window. There is a weird southeast corner of the state of Oklahoma that is getting New Orleans-Pittsburgh. But there you go. Big story, number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, let's hear a little bit more from Neil Brown as we get set for Oklahoma and West Virginia this weekend. How does Neil Brown feel about his own team after the struggles they had on Saturday against Iowa State, and where are they looking to get better? Plus one final check of the Air Comfort Solutions text line on what's been a busy Thursday edition live from Cavens. CavensConstruction.com. This is The Plank Show. This song was playing somewhere. I think it was like when I was at Walgreens the other day. No, it couldn't be Walgreens. This is too... This thing slaps too much for a Walgreens playlist, right? <laughs> yeah, this might be a little too cool for a Walgreens. I don't know. That's an interesting question. Every time I walk into Walgreens, like... Well, they don't want, they don't uh, want uh, you and I, you know, like mid-30s, upper 40s guys walking around. <laughs> See, just get your stuff and get out of here from this Walgreens. Let's go. I'm just coming for cough drops. It's all I want. It's the only place I can find my fisherman's cough drops. Um, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. This is pretty funny. Wonder if Peyton Manning is going to come out of nowhere mic'd up and tell Jeff Saturday to just effing coach. It's kind of funny, isn't it? That clip started making the rounds like Monday. And it's just every so something ends up going viral, and it's like that's like twenty years old, boys, it? and it's just funny because maybe people haven't seen it, and then literally, Jeff Saturday got named the head coach the next day. It's almost like Jim Ursay saw that tweet and thought, "What if I did let Jeff Saturday call the bleeping plays?" There's an interesting oh. idea. What if, what if Jeff Saturday was on to something? I, I like literally because. That was what that was the timeline of it. I know you have an emotional interest in this game this week, but go ahead. Do you have a problem with Saturday being the guy for Indy right now for them going this route? I mean, it's a little bit of a slap in the face of the profession, is it not? Yes, it absolutely is. Um, I think this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, and and I say that fully knowing that oh that. I almost said Oklahoma, that the Raiders are going to possibly lose to the Colts on Sunday. Know it. I think it's a slap in the face to all the assistants that are on that staff. Um, I think it's a slap in the face to those who grind in the assistant ranks to get that opportunity. I think it's a joke. So, yeah. I do, I completely too, yet- I'm hoping it works out because I'd really like to see him keep coaching. It's it's really dumb, and I'm the first one to hop on yeah, here bro. and be like, "Hey, it's a it's a total." I know it sounds so bad. Listen, bro, saying that. you're right, bro. <laughs> hey, dog. I'm not. Listen, dog. Listen, bro. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can strike gold. I mean, I, I honestly feel like I I'm not even kin. I honestly feel like Jim Irsay has been watching Ted Lasso and thought, not Jeff Saturday. Might be good in that kind of role. But this also depends a lot on, I think, the relationships that he has developed with that staff. Um, and, and whether or not they believe in him. 
from the 405. Who had the number one class if OU was number two? Well, um, I believe it was Florida that had the number one class. They 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 secured the number three, four, and five recruits in the country. But the Sooners getting Ella Parker was number one, number one, according to most. That is that is my understanding. But I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend as if I'm all in in the softball crouton world like I should be. Come on, Plank. That's supposed to be your expertise. Well, okay, can I just tell you why? This is the reality of it. And, I mean, there's some of these these girls that I, I, I've known for a really, really long time. And literally yesterday was the first time we're like, oh, they're finally getting here. It's like S.J. Guerin, whenever I first started in 2016, they were looking at her, right? And now it's like, oh, she's here. And it's 2022. Yeah, that's so, that's a little disturbing. That's that part's that, a little alarming, that, I'm sure for you. But that's what recruiting in in uh, college softball used to be. Um, oh, hold on, who? Is, let's see here. Ella Parker. All right, Maya Bland. Maya. I, the first time I met Maya Bland was like five years ago, whenever we were out at Mary Nutter, and I just happened to meet her and and saw that she. I think she was a bad buster, and she had her jersey on, and her mom said that she listened. And then the next thing I know, they're recruiting her. I can hear someone saying, stop talking. You're not supposed to talk to recruits. I, it, it was literally, that was how the meeting went. So I don't follow it quite like I should. I'm sorry. Um, here's, here's one from an unnamed regular contributor. Maybe instead of raising money for unnecessary football facilities, we should raise money to expand NIL. Varian Josh lies the ultimate battle. What's up, Steel Man? Do you need your donors to be focused on raising money to help you with facilities and things of that nature, or do you need them in the NIL world? It's not a bottomless pit financially, at least in my mind. And I'll tell you what, I've talked to some people that have a lot of funds at their disposal, and they're not ready to just start throwing hundreds of thousand dollars at, at kids to come here. They want to see a, a plan, an investment. They want to see something that's going to work, not just, hey, I'm going to give that kid 50K, which is what we're supposed to be getting away from. And uh, let's see, there was one more I wanted to get here. I was making fun of, of not using a prep page. And, and here I am struggling to get through the prep page. All right, this was on the, the Danny Stutzman conversation back from hour one. And I like this from the 405. To me, the Stutzman clip can be both. I think he was being funny. And also maybe it shows an underlying problem. The details do matter. Especially since you just let a guy named Squirrel run all over the field last week. Maybe that shift to the left or right does matter. Maybe I think Stutzman meant no harm, and I think he loves Venables. There ding, you. ding, ding. That, that is exactly where I'm at with it. Hmm. There you go. I love it. I love it. All right, it's 11.51. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, let's put a wrap on this show with what Neil Brown thinks about Oklahoma's defense. It's a Plank Show right here on The Wrap. 
This is what Neil Brown had to say yesterday when asked about. Oh, actually, what is it? Thanks, sir. This was on Tuesday. Hi, bro. Whenever he was asked about. Sorry. I, I, all my days run together. Here at Cavens Construction, CavensConstruction.com. Here's what Neil Brown had to say about Oklahoma's defense and what they expect on Saturday. They run really well at all three levels. Um, they get a, they run in a bunch of defensive linemen. They're long. They have great length. Um, and they're creating negative plays. That's the, probably the scariest piece about their defense is they're just creating a lot of negative plays, tackles for losses. Um, and then special teams-wise, their punter and kicker are probably as good um, as anybody in our league, maybe the best. You know, um, and so and they've got elite returners with Mims and 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 those guys back there. Uh, Jaleel Farouk is doing a nice job on kickoff returns too. So huge challenge for us. Um, attitude of the team is, is positive. We went back, we had practice on Sunday, um, and, and it's about hey, we got three games left in the season. Really not looking for anything after that. We're just saying hey, let's 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 do the best we can this week. And we need to perform better on Saturday. And to do that, you got to practice and prepare. Um, but the mentality of the team was good. Uh, they were good. Not pleased with the results, but but had a good work day. Uh, had a good lifting this morning, and, and we'll be back to work this afternoon. There you um, West Virginia offensively has not been good. They are inconsistent in their run game. They're not overly physical. Um, And Teddy seemed to think on Tuesday's show that we'll see them, we'll see Oklahoma mimic a lot of what Iowa State did defensively. And Iowa State went with a lot of four-man fronts. So that should make a lot of y'all happy come Saturday. But we'll have more on this tomorrow. I'm going to be running a little late tomorrow, so Josh has you in the first hour with Lee Sterling. Um, I'll be in around 10.15 as we get ready to travel to Morgantown, West Virginia. Thanks to Gary Cavins and the crew. Steelman is on site, and he's coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.